You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2023 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Well, happy Friday, you guys. Can you believe it's Friday already? Or are you like, we made it to Friday? I'm kind of feeling on the I made it to Friday realm right now. I've been here about two weeks and I am so tired. But I am super happy to introduce to you guys my dad. Do we look alike? Tell me we look a little bit alike. I got more hair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am super thankful for this man and his willingness to follow the Lord. Um, When, before I was born, there was a mechanic whose car kept breaking down, or a call porter whose car kept breaking down And my dad and his brothers had a gas station and a repair shop, and he kept having to bring his poor, broken-down car into the shop. And one day, he offered my dad Bible studies, and my dad said yes. And because of that, my life looks very different from the lives of my cousins. And I am so thankful that my dad said yes. And my mom and dad studied the Bible with him, and they loved the truth, and they wanted to follow it and raise their children to know God. And I have reaped immeasurable results from that. So um, my dad loves young people. He loves people in general. He is a very fine salesman, which you are about ready to experience. And, um, but he believes in the mission and it has, he has watched it make a difference in the lives of young people. And it's really hard to not be good at selling that, right? Amen. Who wouldn't want a transformed life, right? So um, without further ado, I present to you Rich Sutton, the best dad. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> and with that, I want to tell some stories, amen? She was supposed to be up here to protect herself, and she keeps telling me she was the easiest of our five kids to raise. I want you, after I finish telling you a few stories, to judge that for yourself, amen? Okay, so um, basically, I do love the kids. When I was baptized, I went to the, the family that was in the church, the Holly Church, And I went to them and I asked, how do you keep the kids, my kids, in the church? And he told me three things. I did those three things and it worked. Amen? It worked very well. All through the years. Now, this is, I don't know, 50 years, I guess, a little plus that uh, we've been in the church. And it's real to me today as it was then. I haven't lost my zeal. Amen? Have you lost yours? No, no. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. And so, Amy, Amy's a middle child, a spoiled middle child. Does that happen? No, 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 it's my story. (laughs) She's so sweet, amen? Okay, at night, at night, that sweet little girl would come down and give her mother a kiss, amen? Wasn't that sweet? You know, not every night, but most nights. And then she would come and try to give me a kiss. And I would say, no, Amy, I don't want a kiss. And then for the next 15, 20 minutes, we're wrestling. She's trying to give me a kiss, and I'm trying not to get one. Amen? And poor Pamela, she's here beside me, and all she wants to do is go to sleep. And Amy and I are carrying on, and finally she says, you guys go on the couch, you know? And this doesn't happen just once. I could say, oh no, oh no, here comes Amy. Amy's going to kiss her mother, and then she's going to come over and try to kiss me. And what, do I just give in? Tell me, do I? No, no, I don't just give in. No, Amy, I don't want to kiss tonight. And Pam says, oh, no, you guys get out on the couch. In the next 15, 20 minutes, we're wrestling there. Amen? Did you know that Amy's a pilot? Did you know that? Yes, she's a pilot. She flies very well. I come home from work one day, and uh, I've told those boys of mine, don't ever get on the garage. Amen? I come pulling the garage door, I call pulling the garage, and I hear some hammering up on the barn. And I see a ladder there. I'm, I'm going along the, the, the and I'm, I'm hearing this pounding. What could be up there? I, I climb the ladder and I look, and here's Amy the pilot, amen? The boys have built her an airplane out of two by fours and garbage bags. They're spread out along the wings and, and uh, Amy's sitting there, they're getting ready to push her off, amen? And uh, I'm thinking, What do you boys think? I'm asking them these questions. Oh, Amy's going to soar with the eagles. Praise God, I came around the door right then. Amen? Because there was a big pile of manure right there. (laughs) 
And they, I said, no, 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 guys, watch, watch this. I pushed off the, the airplane that's going to soar, and it went right straight down. Amy's eyes were very, very big. Amen? She didn't fly. She didn't, wasn't a pilot. She lost her pilot's license, and those boys just about lost their rear ends. Amen? Um, I did not, I did believe in corporal punishment. I don't know if I did at that time because of the, the actual way the, the plane flew. But, uh, you know, every night when I'd come home, I would go up and tell the kids stories of what happened to me during the day. I canvassed. I knocked on doors. It was a fun time. And uh, I wanted that rapport with my kids. Amen? And so when things bad happened, I was right there. You know, when things... And then, then my wife said this to me. I think I canvassed for seven years. She said, Rich, you're winning the world, but you're losing your own kids. Ooh, that broke, that broke my heart. Amen? And so I called the conference. I was a, a district leader then. I called the conference and said, you know, I'm going to resign. I'm going to spend some time with my boys, with my, with my uh, girl, you know, with the kids. That broke my heart. Amen? I'm out there knocking on doors. We're winning souls. Things are going well. But I'm losing my family. You know, they're telling me. I don't know if this is actual true or not. But they actually are telling me 50% of our kids leave the church. I've got five kids. I want them all in the church. Amen? And so today's time that we're together here today, that's what it's about. I'm going to share with you how I was able to keep my kids in the church and many others. And I want you to be thinking of ways that we can keep these kids in. As you see with your handout, and we're going to have prayer, but did you see through your handout um, about the mighty army? Youth rightly trained, is that true? I'll tell you, parents, it's a work, it's a battle, but you win. Let's pray. Father, as we get a chance to, uh, to be together here for this hour, Lord, we walk back through those doors to leave. I really want you to be uplifted. I really want you to share who you are. And that, Lord, we're not leaving. We're not leaving. We're staying. Regardless of what goes around us, Lord, we love you. And you're going to bless us. So bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the, the big things it says here, God gives opportunities. Success depends upon our use of them. What in the world does that mean, do you think? God gives opportunities. Success depends upon our use of them. What opportunities are you looking at? Well, church school, amen? We're able to send our kids through the church schools that we have. That's an opportunity. But I think it's more than that. My, my youngest son, Jeff. Jeff. Do you anybody know Jeff? Everybody knows Jeff. And, huh? The actual pilot, yeah, the, the actual pilot. You know, I remember we're in Mexico. Now, try to picture this now. I'm in Mexico, and we're at one of the ruins, the Mayan ruins, and there's a pole 70 feet straight up in the air. And on that top of that pole is a little tiny platform, and these priests go up there, and they climb the ladder, they go up on the top of this platform, and they do a little dance as the, as the music plays, and then they tie a rope around them, and, and now there's five of them. And, now, and then, now this is 70 feet in the air. You got the picture? And they're dancing around this little thing, and then they go backwards, they have this rope tied around their waist, amen? And they start going in a circle. The thing unwinds, and this thing comes down, and all five of these priests are coming down the pole. Can you picture that? And when they get down with the 70 feet, roughly, they, they flip, and they get on their feet. Have you seen that aim? You remember? Okay, so, so Jeff comes up to me. He's 14 years old. He said, Dad, Dad, I want to do that. I said, well, go ahead, Jeff. You know, are they going to let him? Are they, are they going to let him? No, no, they're not going to let him. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead and do it. He comes back to me, and he says, Dad, Dad, they'll let me do it for 20 bucks. God gives opportunities. Amen? What did I say? I said, no. You think I'm nuts? <laughs> Dad, you said I could. I said, I know I did. I'm taking it back. I would have never dreamed, Jeff, that you would have been able to do that. Amen? For $20, he could kill himself. That's Jeff, the pilot. Another time, Jeff gets a hold of me. Now, I'm looking for opportunities, like I'm, sh I'm sharing with you. I get another opportunity with Jeff. There's a, I think he's 16, 17. There's a, a guy by the name of, um, 
He runs a, Amazing Facts. Who is that? Doug, Doug something. Doug Batchelor, that's who it was. And he's doing this Net 98 in, in New York City. And Jeff has an opportunity to go knock on all those high-rise doors. Amen? Go into those things. And what he does, <laughs> I learned later, is that you get in, you go to the top floor, and you knock on the doors on the top and come down. Jeff went. I wanted that opportunity for him. He lived, amen? And you know, sometimes, sometimes these little, little detours in your life is huge. These little detours made it, made it possible for Jeff to keep going with other ideas. Working with Doug Batchelor in New York at 16, 17, amen? It made a huge difference. The Michigan Conference, I'm just telling you some stories and I'm gonna go into the book here. Michigan Conference asked me, um, Rich, because I, I was in publishing for seven years, they asked me if I, would, if I could um, help them with the Megabook program. At the time, the Megabook program, the kids would have yellow hair, green hair, wearing shorts and sandals. Is that a good idea? No, no. She works in the, in the publishing department in Wachita Hills. Used to. Now you're a school teacher. You're going to hear from her in a little bit. But, um, so they asked me if I would re rehab, I guess is the right term, the, the Megabook program. And so I went to different areas in the country to look at their different programs. And you know, I saw an opportunity to take Jeff with me. Amen? I took him with me because I wanted him to experience what publishing is like and to be able to, to uh, see another avenue. And uh, as I did, he, he asked a friend of his, Matt Mazzella. Matt was going the wrong direction, and Jeff had Matt come with us, and we journeyed all over the East. Larry Carter is a different programs that we saw. Amen? Beautiful, beautiful programs. So when we got done, we were ready to, to start the program. Now, Matt Mazzella was in the back seat of our van, and he had his summer all planned out. He was going to work with his dad. You know, Matt and Mike, I don't know if you guys know those two characters. They're beautiful people. They're both, one was a pastor, now the other one uh, was a pastor. He's not anymore. But those boys lived on their own at 12 years old. And Jeff would go over there, they would make pancakes, but they forget to put the flour in, amen? But Jeff was so wanting Mike and Matt to be part of God's kingdom that Matt went with us. And uh, on the way back, Matt says, you know, you guys, I'm going to join your megabook program. I'm not going to go work with my dad. That was a changing point of Matt's life, Amen. He canvassed that summer. He had the most sales in one day in North America. Matt, hey, what do you do? You don't even know anything, you know? But he knew Jesus Christ because we taught him. Amen? So I think of these stories. Young people, rightly trained as what? A mighty army for Jesus. It's, it's really true. So I do. I build churches in Mexico. We're starting to work in Cuba, and uh, it's, it's interesting. We, uh, we used to leave right from Cadillac, Michigan, uh, and head down to Mexico. Every year we would drive. I think, Ken, you've been with me a, a time or, or so, once, and uh, it's a grueling trip. We get 24 hours on the road, and then we get to Houston, we spend the night, and then we get to the border, we cross the border, we go on in, and uh, but you know, those trips, that Mexico, when I left the canvassing work, I needed something because I had so much energy, amen? What am I gonna do for Jesus? I started Mexico missions. Amy would run the whole program for me. She would do the, the, the computers, she would do everything, get a hold of all the, I didn't have time, but I, I needed Amy. Jason is the one, my son Jason, he's the one that started Mexico missions, he was at, he was at uh, um, Andrews, and he had a friend. His name was Carl Isley. His dad was killed in Brazil as, and, uh, as a missionary, and Carl got us started with, with Mexico, going to Mexico. He had a, a trip for us to go, and I was looking for something for our young people to do. I had taken them the summer before. I took them to Washington, D.C. It was a blast. I took them to the Review and Herald. I knew as soon as those kids saw those books coming off the presses, it would change it forever. You know what? Didn't have any effect. Nothing. And so we went all over the, there, and I came back, and I said, man, what am I going to do with these kids? I don't want, I had 30, 30 in my youth group. Amen? 
It was from the seven churches, Cadillac and Manton and Mesick. It was all that whole group. What am I going to do to win them to Jesus? How am I going to keep them in the church? And then I took them to Mexico to build a church. We crossed the Rio Grande in a rowboat. I didn't even know you needed a, a passport. Do you need a passport? Yeah, I think you might need a passport or two. I didn't know that. We just, we just went across the Rio Grande and we built that church. We came back. And you know what? Only one out of all those kids left the church. And that's after 34 years. Amen? And so we need to, to give them a purpose, you know, and a destination, a determination, a purpose. How do you fill young people with a purpose? I'm taking them to Mexico, and we're building churches. They have blisters on their hands. Amen? And I tape them up with duct tape, and, and they come back. They have a blast. What is it about getting blisters and having a hard time and riding in that bus 24 hours and then crossing the border and then running another 12 hours? What is fun about that? Do you know? Would you want to join me? It was hard recruiting those years, you know? It was, now we fly. I mean, now it's just a piece of cake. We fly to Cancun and yes, what's that? Oh, we, we fly to Cancun and, uh, and it works well now. But those days, it was, it was hard. But they loved it. They loved it because they had a purpose. When they sat in that pew of the church, they just built. And they looked and that was the wall that they built. Amen? It works so well. They want to stay in the church. They're connected. They're not going to leave. They're not going to leave at all. So as you look at the, um, at the bullets that I have here, it kind of explains to, to us the different thoughts here that I have. As a parent, you should be intentional and not passive. I'm looking for opportunities for my kids. Are you? I'm looking for things that I can have them do. They don't have to go to Mexico. But you have to engage them. You have to have a program, something that they're doing for Jesus intentional and service is vital for the spiritual well-being and contentment is that true as I had the youth group I never took them to an amusement park never it doesn't work I never showed them a video on, on Thursday night we played volleyball on Friday night we had a youth meeting on Sabbath we did church services on Monday we did Bibles and the way we got our Bible studies was quite unique I would go to the churches and say, hey, do you have any friends that are not Adventists that would let us practice on, your, on them? And you know how many people I got? A lot. And they were, they were baptized. Amen? Those kids gave the Bible studies. They actually practiced on them, and they actually joined the church. Amen? That was on Monday night. And then on Friday, uh, Thursday night again, we'd play volleyball. I did this for years and years and years. It worked. Then we would go to Mexico at Christmas. I'd take the young people and off we would go and, uh, and build one, two, three churches. And so service is what? It's really vital. Parents look for opportunities. And uh, total family involvement. Don't give me your kids. I take them if they're 15 and older. But I want you to come. Why do I want you to come? Why do you think that makes a difference when the family comes? Tell you, it changes the whole environment of the family. Amen? The whole, the whole family is on fire for Jesus. Not just the kids. Not just the kids. When I did the Friday night meetings at my house, we lived on a two-track, way out in the boonies, you know? And those kids would, I'd have to actually drive to go get them because the parents wouldn't bring them. Amen? Why wouldn't the parents bring them? Oh, it's Friday night, I'm sleepy. Amen? What do you think about me? Amen? I get sleepy. I took those kids, I had a ball. I remember Jeff being small, and we had those 30 kids in our living room, and uh, Jeff would be crawling under the chairs, amen, as he'd go. Jeff was just a little kid, but it was a blast. Those kids had a ball. Sometimes uh, we lived on a two-track, and uh, in the wintertime, it wasn't uh, advantageous for them to drive, amen, because they, they really couldn't drive. They'd park at the end of the road and walk in, and it's probably a half-mile walk in, but they were determined. They were part of that, of that youth group. A total family involvement. And then I look and make opportunities. I did that as a parent. Remember those three things that that 
Adventist told me to do when I first got baptized? It was very simple things. What he told me is work together as a family. And I, I, I did that. We worked together as a family. Have fun as a family. They, we went camping. We went everywhere. And the third thing is go to Dairy Queen. Amen? I like that part. You know, go to Dairy Queen. Yeah, I know. It's vegan Dairy Queens. I mean, sure, I'm sure it worked that way. But do you get the picture? How it worked? How it works? And then uh, the next one. Be the parent. A young person shouldn't tell you what. When my kids came up to me, and they had a, a, a want-to-do list, you know, a wanted, I want to do this. And they want an answer right now. You know what I tell them? The answer's no. The answer's no. You're not going to do it. Now, if you give me a chance to think about it, it may be yes. But if you want the answer right now, it's no. What do you think they did? Oh, oh, Dad, Dad, think about it. It's okay. Just give it some thought. You're the parent. The kids aren't. Amen. I had, uh, <laughs> uh, I had a mom call me the other day. And uh, she was having problems with her, with her daughter. And uh, I said, well, you know, her problem was with the phone. You ever had any problems with the phone? When you're in Mexico with me, you don't have a problem with the phone because I mean, you can't get them. I don't bring them. I have you leave your phone at home. Why do I do that? What's that? It's not good. When you cross the border, I don't want junk. Amen? Is there junk on the phone? Now come on out with it. Is there, kids? Yeah, there's junk on those phones. I don't want it. I want God to work with my heart, with your heart, totally. No junk. So I need the phone's either in your suitcase, because sometimes when you fly, you need a phone, but don't get them out. No phones. Is that okay? Okay, and so this girl had a real problem with her phone. Her mom took it, hid it in her bedroom. This young lady put a video in her mom's bedroom to find the phone. Is that okay? Are you, are you sure? Yeah, and no, it's not, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. In my bedroom? Well, I don't know what the mom did, but I know what I would have done. There would be no more phone ever, you know, right? I would hope. I'm the parent. Did you know that? I'm the parent. And so um, be the parent. Be that. Um, they don't tell me what to do. Oh, I love this next one. I'd get a call from Amy. Dad, I got to take back the farm. What does that mean? Dad, I got to take back the farm. Well, sometimes those, those animals get really ruly. You know what I mean? Unruly. And sometimes you just got to regroup, do it again. What this program is right here tonight, today, is to help you see that you're the parent, you can take charge. The kids don't rule you, you rule the kids. Now, do we want to be friends with my kids? Yes! But I'm not in this popularity contest. I'm the dad. Amen? I'm the dad. The law stops here, and I make sure it does. Pam and I will talk it over, and then we're always in agreement. We never fight in front of the kids. Now, did I say we ever fight? Not in front of the kids. We always go behind and we discuss this idea and then we're united as we come forward and we don't back down. I always used to say, I'm the laws of the Medes and Persians. What does that mean? I don't change. I change not. So once I say it, I got to stick to it. Oh my word. One time. Amy's kid. Now remember, we're having a vote here at the end. Who's caused me the most grief? Amy, Jason, Richie, Katie, Jeff, you know. Okay, so Jared, he's just a little squirt, just a little squirt. And he's with me, and he mouths off. He never mouths off. He's a nice kid. I pick him up. I set him on a rock. I said, Jared, you're going to sit there till you grow a beard. Why in the world did I say that? Jared, you're going to sit there till you grow a beard. Tyler, the oldest, comes up to me. He says, Grandpa, Grandpa, he can't grow a beard. Oh, yeah, that's, there's a problem here, you know? And so somehow, by God's grace, I, I turned it around and I let him off. But watch your words, because I try to do everything I say, I'm going to do it. I don't back down, you know? I don't know what I did. Maybe I brought him a shaver or something. I'm not sure. But, uh, ah, Jared, what a precious kid. Oh, he's getting married real soon. Ah, Amy's, all her flock has left us, you know? And I got, we got one more Tommy. Tommy's yet there. 
But, but I have 13 grandkids. Amen? I've been blessed with my kids with this. But I've been firm all the way through. Well, we have fun together, and, and it works. Take back the farm. It's okay to reevaluate what's going on and to make changes. It's okay. You know, each child is different. Jeffrey is totally different. He just called me the other day. Well, he's with me now. And he said, Dad, you may have to take over Camp Asabo for me. Can you do that? I'm headed home for Tennessee. Don't tell Pam yet. She, I, I didn't tell anybody yet. But I might be, instead of going home, I might be headed to Camp Asabo. Amen? We all work together as a, as a family because God is real. He wants us to be a family as we push together. So when all my kids left me, what am I going to do now? Well, praise God, I started Mexico Missions. And now I have all those kids. And we take 80 at a time. Amen? Could you imagine crossing the border with 80 people? And you know what, guys? I don't have any trouble with these kids. You know who I have trouble with? You adults. Amen? I need to give you guys a class. I don't have not one problem. Well, maybe a few. Well, maybe quite a few with some of you, you know. But it's mostly the adults. Amen? You guys got to be a little more bendable, a little more. I, I'm highly organized. Amen? I'm just flexible. And so people that are really highly organized, I drive nuts. Hey, I think I met you. you I, drive, I drove her nuts. Amen? And she still loves me. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. But it's okay to reevaluate your program and to start again, parents. It's okay. We make mistakes. Has any of us not made mistakes? No, I make a ton of them. The more things you do, the more mistakes you make. But I teach the kids this one thought. Whatever you break, I can fix. Is that true? Try it. Just try it. Whatever you break, I can fix. So when we started Mexico Missions, I needed vans to drive. My kids helped me make the vans. We, we, I'd buy them totaled, and we'd fix them up because we didn't have any money. I'd fix up the vans, get them ready, and head them for Mexico. And you know, sometimes, like on the first one, the first trip we took, uh, we, we crossed the Rio Grande, we had a motorhome. And uh, one of the brothers had a motorhome. We loaded it up, put all the kids in there, and off we go. The oil pressure went down on the motorhome. I got to Mexico. And uh, there was no oil pressure. Do you know what that means? There was no oil pressure. I took off the, the, the line, and there was nothing that came out of the line. I'm in Mexico. Is that a good thing? No, I try to buy an engine. I can't buy an engine. They don't have them in Mexico. You got to rebuild it, and I got to get home quick. So I said, Lord, well, that's your motorhome. I'm going to drive it. I drove it from Mexico. I made it to Texas. I was so happy to make it to Texas. It's banging, it's making oil, and it's, it's all noisy. But, well, Lord, I made it to Texas. Can I make it to, to uh, Indiana? And you know, by God's grace, I made it to Indiana. I said, well, Lord, we're in Indiana. Can I, can I make it to Michigan? And I did. I drove that thing all the way from, with no oil pressure. Is that possible? No. No, is there a God in heaven? There's a God in heaven that blesses me over and over. And these kids see these miracles. It changes them. I could tell you story after story. It's impossible, but it works. God is God. I'm doing Cuba now. It cost $22,000, Bobby, to send a container to Cuba. Now I put in it my metal. I put in it food, generators. You know, I put in a lot of stuff. But it's $22,000, and I didn't have any money. How does God do that? A family called me up. They just sold their property. Rich, we have $20,000 we're going to donate to you. Amen? How does that work? I don't know. But now I need another, you know, $5,000 a church. I did five, well, I'm sorry, not churches, garages. I need, I need another 30000 These folks are going to tell a story, I hope, on how God blesses us. We don't need money. What do we need? We need God. We need commitment. And so all these years, 34 years, 35 probably, we've been building churches with hardly anything. All by God's grace. And these kids get to see these, this power. I burn out transmissions and rear ends and 
alternators and batteries and all these things. And, and by God's grace, we make it back home. You know, one time, these kids at Southern, oh my word. Schooling is overrated, you guys. Do you believe me? You got to be there at a certain day. Ah, oh, come on, give me an extra day. No, 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 we need to be to school right this date. Okay, okay. I'm on the way home, and my transmission is starting to go like this. Oh, man, that, that's not good. I, I need the van to get home. And, uh, and, and, and I'm, hearing, I'm hearing things from the, we have the CBs. Rich, it's not going down the road anymore. I said, take the exit, take the exit. They took the exit, and I'm calling all the brothers in the area, trying to find somebody that can help me rebuild the transmission. I got to get the kids to school in the morning. Is that a chance? On, on a billboard, right above me is a sign, transmission repair, with a big arrow, amen? How can that be? Right on that exit, you know? I walk in and talk to the guy, and he says, uh, uh, two weeks. And man, I don't, got, I don't have two weeks. I, I need it, like, two hours, you know? He says, there's no way, there's no way, I can't do it. I said, okay, what if I took the transmission out, and I just give it to you, can, can you do that? No, no, there's this liability thing. You ever hear those stories? No, you can't. There's a liability. I said, okay, I'll sign any waiver you want me to sign. He says, okay, go ahead. I had that transmission out in a half hour. Amen? I had it in his shop. He's tearing it apart. He had the part for it. I'm back on the road in two and a half hours. I got those kids to school on time. Amen? And they didn't go to class. They didn't go. You know, they said, oh, we're too tired. Oh, my word. You know, these kids, wouldn't you like to strangle them sometime? Yeah, you know. By God's grace. But when they see these miracles, this church is real. And then, and then they see the people in Mexico. I remember one time we're building a church. We built it in an area where it was, um, man, that clock is not working right, where it was all druggies. And uh, the one guy laying the blocks with us, Instead of laying them on bond, he's laying them up straight up and down. You know, we don't lay blocks straight up and down. Amen, guys? They got to be on bond, you know? And so we kind of fired the guy. He's walking home, and one of the kids went after him and said, Hey, hey, come back, come back. We need you. We need you to help us make mud. And so this, this young man came back, and he started making mud with this. Status, and I'm preaching in an evening, and I watch this guy. He stands up to be baptized. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. He knows the doctrine. He just lost his way, and he was baptized. I came back the next year, and he's a deacon. I come back the next year, and he's the elder. Amen? How can that be? Well, because this kid went after him. Amen? There's a work to do for young people. Rightly trained is a mighty army for Jesus. I'm going to have the young people share a few thoughts here. You want to come first? Yeah. Now, this is Jennifer. Um, Jennifer Landis, and I'll tell you, I don't know how many years she's been with me. It seems like she was kindergartner, then she just rose right up. But she's won a lot of souls for Jesus with me in Mexico. They play the guitar, they do the song, and those kids love worship. Amen? How do you stay in the church? How did you make it? All right, well, I actually grew up here in Michigan. My dad has been a pastor my whole life here. And... Um, so when, he, when Rich asked me to come up here, he just asked me to share the specific things that I remember growing up that were significant in my walk with Christ and staying in the church myself. So we're going to start in the church specifically. Now I know some of the things that I mentioned might not be realistic for everyone because my dad was the pastor, so we could get away with a couple things, you know. But, um, but you know, you might have a pastor that might be willing as well. When I was a little kid, we weren't allowed to sit down in the pews until we had gone up to 10 different people, shaken their hand and said, good morning, happy Sabbath, how are you doing, how was your week? We weren't allowed, my mom would sit there in the pew, she'd go. <laughs> and then we could sit down. Here's the big thing, all of these things I'm mentioning, these are important because if your kids, like myself included, make friends in the church, maybe they're all old people. Who cares? My best friends were old people and still are, and I love them. These, that's what makes them stay. They want to go to church because their friends are there. They can't wait for Saturday. They can't wait for prayer meeting because that's where my bestie is. And so we weren't allowed to sit down to. We had shaken hands, said, how are you to ten, at least 10 people? 
having a position in the church was also very important, whether it be music coordinator or you know Sabbath um, children's story coordinator. When your child has a important role in the church, even if it's just picking up the change for offering, they know that they have a place there, that they belong there. It's so important. It was imperative for us in in our desire to be there and our desire to participate. Another thing that was really important was um, in between churches. So my dad would preach in all three churches every Sabbath, and we would go to all three. And so we'd be listening to the same sermon three times. Uh, real fun. But uh, in between church services, um, when we would have a quick moment, my mom would go to the nursing home, would park in the parking lot. Usually my little sister was napping in the back seat, and she would shoo me in. And I'd just go in there, and I I made some best friends in there, I'm telling you. I think about them still today. I'd go, and I'd sit down, and we'd draw pictures together, and they'd tell me stories. And doing this mission project was so important because I realized these people are amazing. Their stories are phenomenal. And it made me so excited to, to tell them what I did at church that day, and it was just, it was an amazing thing. Also, um, one of the coolest ways, also, all of these really are just making your ki- getting your kids to be best friends with the church members, really all of these things I'm mentioning right now. Another thing that my parents did is they would find trusted church members that had some sort of skill, and we'd go hang out with them for a day at their house. You know, so one guy tried, emphasis on tried, to teach me how to change the oil in my car. Um, Another person taught me how to break bread, how to knit, how to crochet, how to sew, how to make quilts. And they would teach me these things. And you know, we loved going to these retired church members' houses because guess what? They all have ice cream. It was wonderful. We loved it. We made best friends with these people. We couldn't wait to go to church to see them because they were our best friends. Get that phrase is so important. We couldn't wait to go to church. Another thing, teach your kids how to play piano, how to play guitar, some kind of instrument, and have them play it at church. They have a role. My brother was a church pianist when he was seven for years and years and years, and he loved going to church because he had a role. He He participated. This was his place. This was his church, not just the thing I have to wake up super early on Saturday morning and go to, he had something to be prepared for, to get ready for. It was so important to him to be there on time. If we were running late, he'd be like, come on guys, I've gotta get to church to go play the piano, we gotta go. And it was so important to have those things. Something, um, another thing that my parents did is they would always take us to prayer meeting. This was really important because whenever we went to prayer meeting, my mom would say the same two things every single week. She would say these two things specifically. She would say, Ellen White says that the devoted heart will be found at the prayer meeting. And so, you know, we knew that. The second thing she said was, kids, the people you can always count on to be there for you are the people that go to prayer meeting. This, these two things go through my mind every single Wednesday. And, you know, I'm a school teacher now, I teach elementary kids, and sometimes when it comes to Wednesday night, all I want to do is go to my house, sit on my couch, and stare at my wall for about two hours. You know, you're exhausted, your mind is frazzled, you've been working with kids all day, but those two things, even now, where I am today, go through my mind every single Wednesday. Those people at prayer meeting, those are my best friends, the people I can always count on. The devoted heart will be found at prayer meeting. So imperative, it encourages me to go and be there at church. Now, he told me I could just talk until he kicked me, so I'm going to keep going. You know, it's funny, if you're homeschooling your kids, or even if you're not homeschooling your kids, I was homeschooled off and on, you know, when you're a pastor, you go to church school if there's one, and and you don't if there's not, wherever you're preaching. And um, one thing that my mom did, we didn't get an allowance, like a typical allowance, you know, every week you get a certain amount of money. Instead, what my parents would do is they would say, all right, here's the book of Psalms. Every chapter that you memorize that's under 14 verses, you get $5. Every chapter that you memorize that's over 14 verses, you get $10. This is how we earned our money, and it was so much fun. Oh man, we were just, we were constantly flipping through Psalms. What's the shortest chapter you can find? There's $5. Okay, well, we want this chapter because it's exactly 14 verses, so we get $10. We're constantly flipping. We ran out of the chapters that were 14 verses, so we found all the ones that were 15 verses, and now we can get another $10, and we kept on going. But it was so wonderful, and these are books of the, uh, chapters of the Bible that my brother and my sister and I still have memorized today. 
Um, another thing that my parents really got us involved in were projects. And so, for example, my sister, for high, her high school, um, for sophomore year, her only thing that she did for Bible class was she put the entire book of Psalms to music. And so she has that now, she has that recorded. Something that was my Bible project when I was in high school was um, when we did Unlock Revelation for Michigan. Who here remembers that? The first one we did. I think it was back in like 2014 or 2015. So I did an Unlock Revelation in one of my dad's three churches. That was huge for me. I spent the entire year preparing for these meetings and it was so exciting. It, it was so exciting because I really learned what my faith was about because I had to present it to people. You know, everyone says, you don't know something until you can teach it. I finally knew. Instead of, you know, I heard evangelistic series my whole life. My dad's a pastor, but I finally knew for myself. Another project that we had, again, this one might be hard because my dad was a pastor. We could get away with a lot. But every month, I had to preach in all three churches once a month for high school. That was my Bible class. And that was so good for me. It gave me uh, so many skills. But it, more than that, I had to study my Bible in depth because I knew that in a couple weeks, I was going to be up there again. And if I didn't know my stuff, that would be embarrassing. I was really had to study deep into the Bible, ask questions. I would go to my mom and dad all the time. What does this mean? I'd have to break out and learn how to use the Bible commentary. I mean, we were just like in these books, and they were so good for us. Another thing that we did was, um, oh, and then also, okay, now going into teaching, I wanted to share a couple things. You, you can kick me anytime, but I'm going to keep going. All right. Another thing that I do in my classroom now with my kids is there's a, there's a big thing is I, I'm a firm believer in the reward system. You know, so then some people, they feel iffy about it, but here's what you got to know. Here's what I found with my kids is that, you know, when we have the devotion chart for my kids and if they do all of their devotions every morning, they get this, you know, this or that, they need something to encourage them to do it. Eventually, the reward will be their experience reading the Bible, having their devotions, going out and doing ministry, memorizing scripture. Eventually, the experience will be the reward. But first, you need to give them that experience. And the only way they're going to get that experience is if they're motivated to do it. And so with my kids, when, I, when, we, have, um, when we have school, I, I teach you know, elementary age kids, and we take each of the 28 fundamental beliefs. And together for Bible class, we'll go through and we'll Bible mark each of the 28 fundamental beliefs. But then we have something. And I want you to remember this name. It's called Scripture Singer. What's it called? Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. What? Scripture Singer. It's an app you can download. It's a YouTube channel. You can watch YouTube videos. But they have hundreds of songs that are scripture, scripture that is turned into songs. And this is ministry that I'm personally involved with. And we would take each of the 28 fundamental beliefs, and my kids would memorize a Bible verse for each of the 28 fundamental beliefs. They could sing it. This is so important because I would go out to, you know, make some copies and when I would come back into my classroom, my kids are singing the Ten Commandments word for word. They're singing Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5. They're singing, you know, the whole, the whole thing. They loved these scripture songs. And at the end of the year, I had our school board chairman. Now he's like this six foot tall man come in and he's kind of burly a little bit and he comes in and we have what's called the test of faith. You know, they're all lined up. We arrange the classroom. We try to make it like a courtroom. And he comes in and he says, you Avenus, you don't like to keep the law. And they'll all respond, we keep God's law. And then they start singing the Ten Commandments. It's so much fun. And they are defending their faith. I'm talking first graders here. They're defending their faith. And then they flip through their Bibles and they find the verse and they say it. This makes that, this faith that we have theirs. They understand it. And it's so beautiful. It's so powerful. They do devotions. We have that. Another really, really awesome thing. In my house growing up, we had the thing called the 100 Book Club. If you read 100 books that had to be over 100 pages, published by our church, um, we could get other books approved, but we had to you know, bring it to the mom, like you know, this one, like Kisses from Katie. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. It's not an Adventist publication, but it's really good. We got that one approved. But 100 pages or more, 100 books by our, by our church, you get $100. Whoa. Yeah, we loved that program. We were reading all we could. But I want you, you know, we weren't smart enough to realize my parents were only paying a dollar a book. 
a dollar a book. These are chapter books. And they impacted our life so much because we were reading mission story after mission story. I read A Thousand Shall Fall, I think 10 times by the time I was 15. I, these books changed our lives. It gave us passion for mission work. It gave us passion for our church, for our beliefs. And my parents were only paying a dollar book, plus the educational benefits. I mean, by the time we finally, I finally did end up going to church school, I was in fifth, fifth grade, and we got tested with the whole state testing. Is this my kick in the foot? Um, I had a 12th grade reading level by fifth grade. My brother was in seventh grade when that happened. And he said, they said, well, we don't even know how to test this because it's somewhere in college. And it came from reading those books. But it was more than that, though. Educational benefit aside, it changed our life, gave us a passion for missions. I know I haven't even talked about missions yet. <laughs> but we started going to Mexico when I was 15. I begged. And I'm going to tell you, my dad's right here. I would have gone when I was 13, but he said no. I didn't get to go until I was 15. But, um, and I've gone ever since. It's been eight years now. It's changed my life because missions, there's nothing like it. You see the need of others, and you see how much you have, and you see how much Jesus has done for you, and man of living. It's just, it changes everything. And she can lay blocks too, amen? She can do the front wall, she lays the arches. I mean, she's fantastic. Ruben, come on up. Now, this young man, I don't know how many churches have you built? Uh, like over 20. Over 20 churches. How many churches have you built? One. Amen. What's one is one. Amen. Why do you like missions? What does it do for you? Well, um, something like when young people come to church, a lot of times, like, it's kind of, it's, it, they don't really. Um, like see God working that much. I mean, like a lot of like sometimes you you know you go out do outreach and stuff and you do, but a lot of times on average, I think there are a lot of the reason why you know young people aren't in the church so much is because they're not they don't see God working in the church and in their lives especially, and it, like it's not a personal relationship like with God. And so the what thing, what mission showed me is that like you know you go down there and it's something that you don't experience, you can't experience here in a church just sitting in a pew that you experience when you're down there on a mission trip and you see like, you know, miracles happening and like you meet people and like it's, it changes your life once you like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> now there's a, there's a guy, Todd Olson, that's our, our supervisor on, on the workforce. I, I oversee the whole thing, but Todd does the, oversees the building part of it. And as I'm getting ready to go on a mission trip, he says, okay, Rich, who do we got? We got Jennifer. We got Chastina. Okay, they take care of the front wall. Who do we got for the back wall? I got Reuben. Okay, we're good. We can, we can do the church. Why does he say that about you? <laughs> do you lay block? Yeah. Good? I hope. <laughs> Amen? We depend on them. I don't lay a block. I'm terrible at me. I laid a row of blocks, and the girls came in behind me and took off my block. Amen? I've been laying blocks for 34 years, but I never lay a block. I've just been building churches. Amen? These kids are good, and the best ones are the girls. Their line is straight. These boys are, except for him. <laughs> Amen? Mom? So that's the mom of these two girls. No, that's not the mom. This is the mom of these two kids. Why do you bring the kids to Mexico? What yep. do you do? Oh. Over three and a half years ago, we, a friend of mine told me about Mexico Mission, and we thought about going, and now I regret that we had not made that step much earlier. Um, so once we started going, it changed my personal life. I thought it would change my children's life, and now I don't know, God changes something about that. Now I have such a love for people that I never had before. That passion that Christ had for others. He plants it in the heart when we go on a mission trip. And we had discussion with my children. What would Jesus do if he would be here today in 2023? Where would we find him? Would he be in the church preaching every Sabbath? Where would he be on Monday? What he would be doing on Friday? And we discussed that he probably be in New York helping help you know homeless people. He would be passing out food. He will be ministering to the needs. That's what he did. 
when he was here on earth. So it really made me think, what are we doing here? There is a quote I just read this morning in Welfare Ministry 105. It says, the Church of Christ on earth was organized for missionary service, mission purpose. That's our only goal. So if we cannot give that heart uh, of purpose to our children, I think then my life is in vain because I want to implant that love for people in the children's hearts. Not just my children, but everybody who goes on those mission trips. And you know, um, we work hard. Um, we all sweaty, we all stinky by the end of the day, building those churches. Sometimes it's over 90 degrees weather in Mexico. And we come in my best part. Nobody wants to miss the worship time. Everybody runs. They really quickly take shower because it's a testimony time. So each one of you, when you bring your children, has opportunity to share how God changed your life. And that changes our lives when we hear those testimonies, especially the young people. Um, one little thing. My daughter, she was about 12, Adelina, she did not want to go because she doesn't like flying overseas and we had to fly to Mexico. So we prayed about it and now she cannot wait to go. So the, the first time we went, it was just two weeks. Then the second time, I think it was also two weeks, but this last one in December we went, we went for one month. And I did not want to go back. I mean, of course, I love my family here, but it's just something. So now um, we were allowed to go to Cuba for one and a half months. It's just never enough. It's like you drink of God's love and you want to help and you just, and my husband, we all want to go all the time. So we raise money through the year. It's not that much to go. For a family, there's a humongous discount. I don't know how you all do it. I mean, God provides, because financially, it's the cheapest project you can ever think of. And they provide food, they provide lodging. The best of all is that fellowship together. The best part is when we stay in tents. Sometimes we don't, but I love being in tents. We have bucket showers, we have fellowship together. No, that's the best part. That's the best part. Um, in tents, because we had this... I know I gotta quit, but one more thing. <laughs> um, we had two trips in December. One was intense for a couple of weeks, and then we actually had really nice academy with air conditioning and everything. And both of my children said, I wish it will be always intense because nobody wants to stay intense. So we always were together, all everybody together, like one big family, hanging around, laughing, enjoying, singing together. My daughter, praise God, gave her life to Jesus in Mexico. She was baptized in December. It changes lives. So I would really, really encourage whatever possible, involve your children in missions. Amen. I want to give a chance. Um, I, we've got so many more stories, so many more things. But what do you think? What are ways that, that you've kept your kids in the church, kept them engaged? They have to be busy, amen, in God's work. And don't go the entertainment route. So share with me. I think I got an extra mic here. Would you? Nope, I don't have that mic. Where does it go? Maybe it's on this side. Here it is. Lloyd, would you hand that around if somebody has a, a thought? Do you have a thought for us? We've been talking here for a few minutes. Anybody have another ideas that you that's worked for you to keep your young people engaged in the church and not want to leave it? I remember. As, raise your hand if you if you have something. Right here is Ken. I had a young man that uh, his, his sister came to Mexico with me, and uh, she was a dentist. And her, her brother was not engaged in church anymore. And she said to him, Bitcar, come, come and learn English. And he came to learn English, but he found Jesus Christ instead. Amen? And so he stayed. Ken. I found out of you. You find something for young people to do, they'll enjoy it. Yes. Church. And so the youngest kids... Have, you know, they're, they get bored. They don't want to sit in a seat and do nothing. And they don't understand what's being said sometimes. So at least let them pick up the offering. Amen. And everybody Amen. in the church loves it. When they come around, you know, and you get more offering. <laughs> Amen. So, and if someone's been away for a long time, you don't know where they've been, you think maybe they've been living rough somewhere, ask them to help you take up the offering. They're not going to steal it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And if they did, it's on them, you know. 
and, and the Lord can even use that. He can He can uh, He can build a character. They'll you know when they repent and stuff. But don't worry about that money being stolen. Yeah, they, don't yeah. worry about it being spilled. Just get your kids involved. Amen. Is there another? Anything else that you have? I know growing up, uh, Pathfinders was a huge influence yes. on my growing up years. And uh, not only he taught me, um, but gave me opportunities to exercise in service and also trained me to how to teach the Bible, not just learn it, but and here in Michigan, the, um, the TLT program also aims to, uh, to train young people to give back what they've learned. So think getting involved there and not just send them to the program, but also become part of the leadership, a yes. mentor and other yes. things uh, that you can do the activities with them is really good. Amen. Amen. Lloyd, that's what you were saying. There's a lady way in the back. Lloyd was just telling me the reason he's in the church is because of Pathfinders. Amen. And the different things that he did. Go ahead. Yeah, our kids were in Megabooks for eight years, and then we took them on mission trips to Romania. We were missionaries to Romania for six weeks at a time, times two. Amen. It made a difference in their lives. And the megabooking, amen? It's, it's awesome. It's scary. All that rejection, yes. No, I don't know if I have time to play the video. Do we have time? Go ahead. Um, I... You know, we've kind of talked about getting children involved in church and stuff. So I um, had the you know, context uh, in my mind constantly about in the end times, how to be the children teaching uh, the word of God. And it's my son, he's eight years old, and he thoroughly enjoys going to church. He loves giving the children's story. And so he himself is the one up there telling these, you know, his, <laughs> his classmates um, Bible stories or, uh, you know, t in, in, incorporating the word of God into his little... Um, Oh, sorry. Um, into his stories about fishing and things that he's done throughout the week, but he then takes Bible verses and puts it in there, and he just really enjoys that. And I being part of it. Yeah, being a part yeah. of the church service. I just wanted to say I appreciate what Jennifer said about um, her as a kid making friends with uh, the elderly yeah. people, but on the reverse side of that, it was. A middle-aged woman who loved me hard enough to keep me in the church so Amen. I just want to flip that around for us older people find those children and love them because sometimes you can love them in a way that their parents can't even if their parents are in the church it's important it's important we're a family you know I want to ask you a question here just before we close Daniel Shadrach Meshach Abednego why do you think they were the characters they were do you think he just hatched that way it wasn't. It was the parents. We don't hear about the parents. I guarantee you the reason they were like that was what? The parents. The teaching that they had. And it stuck. Amen? We have a work to do. We have those Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as a train. They'll this day engage them in God's work, in God's ways, by God's grace. I have two minutes. One, I thing, have, I, okay, one thing I wanted to add is... One thing that uh, our youth have that some of us older generation now don't is they grew up in an age that they have had things like Facebook and things like that. And now we're getting to the age of, okay, we're, we're streaming our uh, church services and we're broadcasting a lot more. These kids grew up with that. They know how to do it. And People like me are like, how do you do it? They, they got it on in four minutes. <laughs> Amen. And it'd take me half hour to try to figure it out. So utilize them. Put them to work, and they'll stay. Amen. Amen. Yes, what? He wants to see the video. You know, I only have one minute, and the video is four minutes. If you, I'm going to have prayer, and you guys can leave. It's, it's legal. Amen. Amy will not trip you on the way out, I guarantee you. So we're going <laughs> to, I'm going to have prayer for those of you who would like to leave. It's fine. It's fine. But they, three or four minutes. Let's pray. Father, this is an important subject. We want our kids engaged. We don't want them leaving. And so, Lord, through missions, through the different programs that we have as a church, 
Lord, you bless this church. There's no reason. I need those kids. You need them. And so I pray for these parents here. Give them wisdom. Give them power to know how to hold them and uh, to be a blessing to this church. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio2023 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.